0: Welcome to Marketing Without the Marketing, the podcast where I try to teach you everything that I know about content marketing 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Michael Bozzi. Very glad you can join me today. And I got to start with a thank you to you in my audience, uh, especially the folks who gave me feedback on the last episode about podcast sponsorships. And you know, based on your feedback, I think I might try it. You know, maybe not immediately, but, um, you know, I heard back from you, some of my most loyal listeners, and the upshot was, hey, listen, we'll trust you, Michael, to do it the right way in your own style, so I really appreciate that, and that kind of gives me the confidence that I could at least try it, Um, but hey, this show is for you. You know, I produced this to be helpful to you. So if if it ever sucks, I trust that you will tell me. All right. So time to start a new series, uh, one that I've been promising for a while. This one is tentatively called Principles of Running a 21st Century Business. And I'm in year four of my own business now. And, you know, over the course of my, what, 25 plus year career, I've had to unlearn a lot in running my own thing, and um, I'd like to share some of that with you. And right now this, um, this series is planned to be about 16 segments, but that could change as I go along. I, you know, I could consolidate a few topics or whatever, but as I've been planning this, you know, I really want to keep these segments, you know, as short and concise as possible. and I do try to do that even though often I don't succeed at that. Fair warning, though, I am kind of writing two series at once. The other one is on SEO. Um, I get a lot of questions and requests from potential clients for boot camps on SEO, just sort of training people using what I consider to be sort of a different approach that I use uh, from what I see out there uh, in others who are teaching this. And, you know, I may just be publishing each of these series in sort of an interwoven way. I haven't really decided yet. We'll just, we'll see how it goes. But I just want to give you fair warning. But either way, uh, you can subscribe in iTunes or just sign up on my site uh, at the subscribe form, which is controlmousemedia.com slash subscribe. And I'll just email you uh, either when every episode is published or once a month. Uh, You get to choose your frequency on my mailing list. I mean, it's your inbox. I don't want to disrespect you. I don't want to waste your time. I want to give you a heads up only if you want it. It's your inbox. All right, so let's get to the first series. First, I feel like in kicking this off, especially to new listeners, I want to start by answering the question, who the hell am I to give advice, (laughs) right? So just a brief backstory, because, you know, look, uh, you, my listeners are presumably small business owners or trying to run your own thing or want to run your own thing. And all I can do is share my experience. So I, I think it's fair. Uh, to toss that in upfront, just so you know where I'm coming from and whether or not you should actually take my advice, right? So, all right, here's my backstory. Uh, 17 years in publishing, the first chunk of my career was at uh, large corporate publishing entities. And, uh, you know, let's cut right to it. I learned a lot of bad habits. To balance that, I learned some good lessons, too, and some that I continue to cherish now uh, in my career, uh, even as I work for myself, especially two things, the respect for good content and the discipline required to produce good content. I mean, these are things that I learned in the formative years of my career, and I still treat these as if it were a religion. Uh, These things are really important, and I could not have learned that I think, if I hadn't been uh, at these publishing entities. But here's the thing. Management in an industry that's kind of an old industry uh, and is kind of resistant to change. There are examples to the contrary, but sticking with my experience, I found this to be very frustrating. I found them often making short-sighted, you know, shareholder-only decisions. And look... We're in a media environment that's accelerating at a breakneck speed, and I just found this to be endlessly frustrating uh, where management was just uh, would just take this very slow pace of embracing that change. And look, that's okay for some folks. I get some of the reasons behind it. It just wasn't for me. So I left for five years at some publishing startups, uh, both early stage startups. And these were the best years of my career uh, up to that point. Uh, I had to relearn everything. And look, for anyone who thinks that they are uh, sort of uh, like a startup in your own company, you're not. And anyone calling their 200-person company a startup... It's not. You can only live it to know it. And what I mean is in struggling to find a business model while the clock is ticking on your pool of angel funding or seed round funding or venture funding. It's just, you, like I said, you can't you can't experience it until you live through it. Where you don't have any editorial assistants, no support staff. These were things that I was used to at corporate entities. You're just left to grind through the grunt work. But the upside, because I don't want to make this sound like it's just, you know, it's all negative. It's not. You can make incredible progress every single day when you're unencumbered. And that I really, really enjoyed. Now, in contrast to the incredible progress you also make, A ton of mistakes, hundreds of them each week, or at least that was my experience. And hey, if each little failure is a learning experience, wow, did I learn a lot uh, from some great mentors and overall just a great experience. One of the most difficult times of my career, uh, but I value that uh, immensely. So uh, there was one common theme here, right? Failure, failure, failure. And that's what I saw over and over again in publishing. Everyone could do everything right from the authors, the marketers, the editors, uh, everyone could execute and the project could still fail. And I found at big companies and at startups, I had still not unlocked the answer. I just knew that the answer didn't lie in these traditional methods uh, of traditional media. And think about this, to date, that was put a ton of work into conceiving an idea and then producing that work, right? Usually for me, that was books and publishing. That stands to reason. Then you deliver that work to the market through, you know, traditional channel gatekeepers. Then the plan is just amounts to screaming about it for a few weeks, right? Just trying to shout that, hey, we got this new product through all traditional channels, Uh, And that even carries over to the same mentality for social and other things. And look, if you're a regular listener, you know that I believe that that just does not work and that things have changed and that that is a huge advantage for people like you and me running a small business. Then after you scream about it for a few weeks, you wait. Are sales coming in? No? Hmm. Well, then let's look at lagging indicators to see what we can do about it. This was my experience, right? What can we do when we look at lagging indicators? Nothing. You just move on to the next project. This system fails authors over and over again. But I would contend that this is kind of the same in any business, right? You get a few victors, the tent poles in in media uh, businesses, and those tent poles are amid a sea of failures, and the industry just moves on, and so. Many creative people get let down in the process. It often seems like it's just a machine that grinds up ideas, and often it's not the best ones that succeed. And here's why, in my experience, I think that, you know, when you're chasing shareholder value, it kind of leads to conservative decisions. You know, chasing that sort of uh, what I always describe as the vanilla middle, right? Safe sanitized. And and look, I know this is not always the case. Sometimes the good ideas do rise to the top. We see examples of this every day, but it's safe to make somewhat of a generalization here. So I started my own business with the express reason of trying to fix this. And look, I know I'm only one person, so I do fully realize the limitations of this. But I constructed my business with sort of two sides, right? So one, I have clients who pay me to help them with their specific content strategy. So roll up the sleeves, dig into their specific strategy for their unique business and their unique customer relationships. I help them conceive a strategy and then either help them execute it or train them to do it themselves, which is always fun, right? So it's it's sort of think of this as training or education, and it's great when I can just say, all right. Good. You know what you need to do. Go out there and do it. Awesome. And then I teach these practitioner principles to you, my podcast listeners, for free. And sure, it's only general help, right? I can't sort of reach through the microphone and help you specifically, nor would that be uh, something that would be sustainable for me and my business. And yeah, it's not specific help. It's up to you to apply it. But You know, I try not to function as sort of, you know, this guru or thought leader or some other ego stroking thing. I'm just a practitioner solving actual problems every day in my own business. And here's the thing. I feel like, at least in my experience, this has led to good things for me. I have clients who are awesome to work with and who pay me well for my energy and creativity and... And I love supporting these folks. Everyone that I choose to work with, and and that's a huge thing about this, everyone that I choose to work with has their own mission that makes the world a better place. Like, that's awesome to support. I love doing what I do in that regard. Uh, My clients have content or they create content. And that content supports their business and connects with customers and uh, future customers, of course, right? And making that transaction effective and efficient is really what content strategy is all about. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know this about me and my philosophy, here's the thing. There is a set of nuances around content strategy that makes all the difference between success and failure. Now, content strategy is about forming connections with content. And it's my contention that it doesn't work if it's self-serving content. You have to approach this with with a a very singular mindset, right? I do what I do in my business to serve my audience. That's the way that you should be thinking of it. I try to check myself on that too, Uh, hold myself to those standards. Everything I do is to serve my audience, provide them with some kind of value. And here's the kicker expecting nothing in return. This is hard for business people to get their mind around, right? That makes sense. And of course, look, between you and me, we all understand that there is an end game here, right? You have to get some people to pay you if it's going to be a business. Otherwise, it's not a business. So we all understand that this has got to be leading to something. But when you go out there in the world and you start putting some something of value out there for people to consume, It's very key that you don't expect the return. I know it's a nuance, but it's an important one. And that value that you put out there, hey, that can be large value, small value. It really doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the intent. And it has to be genuine. And here's why. Because people buy from those whom they trust. In today's world consumers are just a few clicks away from learning all they need to know about you or your company in order to make a purchasing decision. That threshold is very low too, right? I mean, really, it comes down to one question. Do I trust this person or this company? Everything is about trust. And this, to me, has led to somewhat of a revelation, and that's where this series comes in. The revelation is that This principle is really the same as the functional aspects of running a business. So in other words, the same nuances that work in running a good content strategy are the same nuances that work in running a business. Now, this shouldn't be a surprise, right? Because content strategy is used to drive business goals in a particular way. I mean, what is content strategy? Content helps you form connections. Strategy makes you efficient at scale. And I realized this connection because, well, look, content strategy is business, right? That's why we use it. Uh, uh, Content... Uh, has to be well constructed uh, with a thoughtful strategy behind it. Has to be well executed in a professional product, nothing less. I say that all the time. Uh, content is an efficient business asset if you plan for it up front. Uh, content is meant to connect. It says that right on the front page of my website. But in doing that, or if it's to succeed in that, it has to have empathy at its core. And Content, if used properly as a part of this strategy, is the path to trust, right? With some consistency, with some patience. So can we do the same thing in our content strategy in in looking at how we conduct our business as small business owners, right? Well, in my experience, these principles of content strategy have sort of seeped into the way that I look at the functional side of running a business as well. And that's what I want to share with you. I want to uh, explore that over the next set of episodes. And here's what I have planned. Because I think of these things in very organized ways, I have three units to this series, each with about five sections. Uh, The three units are the new business mindset, the new marketing and sales and the new customer relationship. We'll see how it goes, though. These topics might stretch or bend or break in two. I don't know until I sort of get into it, and that's the nice thing about doing this in the form of a podcast. And I'm going to try to keep these as brief and as orthogonal as possible. Uh, As small business owners, um, what I hope is that you'll relate to some of these because what I'm doing is no different from what you're doing. But I also hope, if I can, to challenge you with some things that are not intuitive, things that I've picked up from my mentors who think differently, Uh, hats off to them, and things that I've learned from making enough mistakes to stop sort of being stubborn and try something different and then, oh, look, find out that it works. Uh, Those are nice revelations to have, and I'd like to share those with you. I mean, look, we're all making it up as we go, right? And all I can do is give you my particular experience with my particular business and hope that you benefit from it in some way. So, all right, I will look forward to doing this with you over the next set of episodes. And please let me hear your experiences in return. I would love to hear if you've made a ton of mistakes and come to a revelation on your own or tried something that was counterintuitive and it worked. I love that kind of thing, and I think that others can benefit from it, and I would love to hear your experiences with that too that would be awesome. So I appreciate you guys reaching out. Um, Love hearing from you, as I say all the time, and I learn a lot from you as well. So I really appreciate that. So please continue to do that. Uh, Easy to hit me up either on the show page uh, of this podcast in the comments section or the way that most of you do that via Twitter or sometimes LinkedIn. Anyway, thank you and we'll see you next week.